What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Oh, man. Y'all made it through the monsoon rains, the lightning bolts almost hitting our cars on the way in. But it was worth it, was it not? I love, I was just telling somebody, I love nights like these. And I'm not trying to puff your heads up, but I'm going to tell you why I love nights like these. I love nights like these because the people who are here really, 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 really wanted to be here for Jesus. You know, usually when you start a relationship series, you get all these people who are just looking for a girl or a guy in the room. Tonight, I believe that y'all came for Jesus. And when we come for Jesus, special things happen, like people getting baptized and then another guy getting baptized. And then while I'm watching them get baptized, I'm like, I want to get saved all over again. So good. So, hey, before we get into the message, I um, want to do a couple things. There's a team leaving for Nicaragua. Uh, so if you could, come on up real quick. Come on up, Nicaragua team. Some of y'all are sitting in the back, and you know better than sitting in the back. It's going to take you forever to get to the front. So I'll just keep talking about you, Lindsay, and who else is back there? Tess. And is that Angelina, too, all the way in the back? What you doing, man? What you doing? It's so good to see y'all. Hey, some of you, uh, any of y'all ever been in Nicaragua before? Any of y'all by any chance born in Nicaragua? Any? Okay, that's what's up. So that's so cool. Um, yeah, this is probably, I think this is our largest team. Nicaragua is kind of a, a fusion thing that we've been doing for, I don't even know, 10 plus years uh, since before some of y'all were born. And uh, I'm, that was a joke, but I thought, you know, it's whatever. No, but for real, um, some of y'all might have heard Mike Turner come in from time to time. He uh, leads a school uh, called LifeLink International, and some of you actually sponsor some of the kids there. It's in one of the poorest areas of um, the country, and you give money so that these kids can get <coughs> excuse me, an education, and not just an education, but get to know Jesus. Uh, and so these people are going to be going with some of your people that you are sponsoring, and uh, I just know God's going to do some great things in your, <laughs> this cough's got to go away tonight. Um, it's going to be really good stuff. And didn't y'all go like last time, like for your honeymoon or something like that? Okay. You got to share this story. I, I put you on the spot, which you, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Pre preach to us real quick. Go ahead, man. Can I get a squad one time? Are y'all out there? Brothers, brothers. No. Uh, so me and my lovely wife, Candace, one year anniversary, uh, two weeks ago. Um, we actually met on this mission trip. So we technically met in Fusion, but she didn't recognize me. <laughs> so I grew this, uh, this facial hair. It worked out well. If you don't have a beard, the Lord is telling you to get a beard. Um, but uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, met on the mission trip. Uh, you know, saw that Proverbs 31 come out, you know, in the field, serving, working, and uh, the rest is history. So cool. So if any of y'all are looking for somebody, go on a mission trip and you'll find the one. On a real note, though, the last time, uh, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, I think, I don't think they're in this room, but usually they're serving in children's ministry. The last time I went to Nicaragua with a team, uh, one of the guys and girls, I was like, what's up? Y'all pregnant? And they were like, and they just walked away. And a few weeks later, they're like, hey, so we got pregnant. And wasn't it in Nicaragua where it all happened? Yeah. So you never know. It might be where you met, where you had your honeymoon. And on your one-year anniversary, might come back with family member number three. We'll see what happens. But anyway, 
I'm not God. I'm not saying it's a prophetic word. I'm just saying it could happen. You never know. You will have your own room, right? Okay, so it could happen. All right, so here we go. All right, let's, let's pray over our people right now. God, thank you so much for each of these individuals here. Wow. Thank you for calling them. Thank you for choosing them. And thank you for sending them. Thank you for blessing them. And we're praying that you would anoint each of them with the power of your Holy Spirit. That each of their gifts would come out this week, next week, every day that they're there. And every day after they're there and every day before they're there. We don't want to just wait for mission trips to to be operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. But right now especially, God, we're we're asking that that this not just be a... You know, we kind of went away to another country for a week and kind of saw some stuff. But no, God was with us. God did things. God healed people. God saved people. And we got to see it, experience, and be a part of it. So I pray your blessing on every person here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all can go ahead and go to your seat. Lindsay and uh, BJ, y'all are married as well. So we'll see what happens when y'all come back. Oh, Sunday's your anniversary? Nice. Hey, so it might happen. We'll see. All right. So um, another thing I want to do is I want to make an announcement. We don't have a graphic for it yet. Hopefully we will. I'm pretty sure we will. If we don't, then I'll like draw a little thing and put it on Instagram. But um, in two weeks, August 14th, we're going to be doing something in this room called Fusion House Party. And I don't know what all I should tell you about it, what I shouldn't tell you about it. Uh, but I'll tell you at least one thing, and I'll tell you a lot more about it next week, okay? Uh, one thing that you need to know about this Fusion House Party is we are planning to have frozen yogurt machines right out there in the cafe. But we have a very important, tough spiritual decision to make before we go through with this. We've got to figure out what two flavors to choose, okay? So here's, here's, here's the rules. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here, here are the rules, You're only allowed to shout three times, okay? So you can shout, (laughs) like, for example, if I said, who wants coffee flavor? And somebody's like, woo, okay, that's one of your shouts, got it? I said coffee because it's not an actual thing. It's not an actual choice, okay? Don't worry, don't worry. Um, But let me just give you a heads up so you know which ones you want to shout for, okay? Uh, First, we're going to choose between a (coughs) sorbet. Either strawberry lemonade or mango. Okay. Oh, shh. Wait. Okay. All right. So, so this is your choice. Either strawberry lemonade or, 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 or mango. Okay. These are the dairy-free choices. Okay. So, if you want strawberry lemonade, this will be your one, one of your three shouts. Shout real loud now. Ready, set, go. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. Shh. Some of you, you, you went longer, and I heard you inhale, and this, it counts. I'm not going to count it, but you understand the rules. All right. If you want mango, shout real loud. Okay. All right. So I, <laughs> I think we have our choice on that one. Okay. Can you write that down so we don't forget that? Got it? All right. Uh, okay. Next, we're going to choose between, <clears throat> excuse me, vanilla original tart. Whose idea was that? Vanilla, original tart, sea salt caramel. Should I throw in chocolate as well? I heard a lot of y'all shouting for chocolate. No? 
No, okay, I won't do it. I won't do it. So vanilla, original tart, <coughs> sea salt caramel. Got it? Okay. If you want original tart, shout real loud. <laughs> the Korean guy wants original tart. All right. All right. Uh, now remember, it's between vanilla and sea salt caramel, okay? If you want vanilla, shout real loud. Okay, all right, all right. If you want sea salt caramel, shout real loud. That was close, that was close, honestly. Do it again, do it again. All right, vanilla, shout real loud. All right, all right, sea salt caramel. I don't know. We'll pick one and you'll eat it either way, right? Okay. All right. So write one of those two down. All right. Last thing. Um, what? Vanilla? Vanilla? Did you get baptized? Were you the one who got baptized? We might have to count your vote as like 50 votes or so. We'll see. Um, hey, I kind of feel like acting like Oprah Winfrey right now. In a good way. Not in a mystical, new agey way. Okay? Uh, so... Free Chick-fil-A sandwich or Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit. Uh, because you came through the monsoon rains. And, and you're here for Jesus. All right, so can I get all the small group leaders to come up, please? Quickly, quickly, quickly. All right. You come on up here. It doesn't matter. Take one, pass it down. Don't put one in your pocket for yourself. You go ahead and get it over here, right here. Take one, pass it down. All right, all right, all right. This is what it was like when Jesus fed 5,000. He handed out the loaf to his disciples. Disciples went and distributed to anyone who had need. All right, now here's the deal. Um, there's no order to this. What? We, you got extras? Yeah, that's fine. That's, just do whatever you... Oh, she didn't? Yeah. Okay. All right, um, there's no order, but if you are like really, really hungry and you're a college student and you got no money at all, raise your hand, get it to them. But, but you may not get it if your hand's raised, but everybody else just give your card to whoever else you want to give it to. And I'm sorry because nobody on the front row got one. I just realized that. Like you're the ones who were here early. You were the ones who came and all that good stuff. Um, and those of you who sat in the way far back, sorry, maybe next time. All right, y'all ready? I just feel like tonight just needs to be a fire night. Are y'all down with that? Now, I might not start shouting and spitting and spraying. If I do, I'm sorry. But I just want to go off tonight. Um, I want to go off because life has been rough for me. And when life is rough for me, it makes me want to fight a little bit harder. And so uh, you're going to see a dude up here who has his back to the wall but is throwing punches left and right because I know that the enemy came to steal kill and destroy but I know that God is with me wherever I go and God is with you wherever you go and ain't nothing gonna hold us down if God is for us who can be against us and I am just ready I'm ready all right so we're in a series called situationships what y'all ready for this all right I feel like that would have been a perfect jock jams intro some of y'all don't know what jock jams is I'm getting old Y'all ready for this? 
right, so um, tonight I'm going to talk about uh, some of the prerequisites of having a really awesome relationship. Does anybody want a really awesome relationship one day? All right. Um, by the way, I guess I should talk about what Situationships is about, give you a little intro to the entire series. So uh, it's about relationships. All right, so that's it. So uh, are there any single people in the room? Keep your hands raised. Keep them raised. Look around. You might find them. You might find her. Keep them. Look, look, look. I, I put them down. Are there any boyfriends and girlfriends in the room right now? Are there any boyfriends and girlfriends who are trying to act like they're not boyfriends and girlfriends in the room right now? Okay, I see you over there. She just bowed him in the chest. That's awesome. Uh, um, are there any engaged people in the room by any chance? Okay, okay, okay. When's the wedding day over there? Like in a month, September 15th? Nice. December 15th. Did anybody else... <coughs> Way back there, I see someone throwing someone else's hand up. Do you have a date yet? Next summer. Did I see another hand over here somewhere? What, what we got over there? Say it again. December 8th? Okay, okay. Anybody else over here? Did I see? You see? What's up? When you got? D December 2nd? September 2nd. So you were like officially like a month and two days out. And anybody else? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right. Do y'all have a date yet? March 30th. Y'all can't wait, can you? Like, March 30th. Let's go. Any married people in the room right now? Yeah. Dang, you look good. Are there any people in the room? You're not married. You're not engaged. You're not boyfriend, girlfriend. Maybe you're single, and you're just tired of hearing about relationships in the church. Anybody in the room? Yeah. This one's for you, too. This is for you, too. Oh, you? You're one as well? Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, uh, back to what I was saying. <laughs> back to what I was saying. So, tonight, I'm going to talk about, like, the prerequisites of having a really awesome, godly, great marriage. And prerequisites. Any of y'all remember, like, you, you were in college or you're in college now, you had to take those prerequisite courses. Any of y'all remember those? Uh, you remember taking those prereqs and you're like, why am I living my life right now? You remember, it's like I learned this stuff when I was in third grade, uh, but we're learning it and I'm paying you $20,000 a semester to teach me how to add and subtract and multiply right now. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. That's what tonight's going to be for marriage. Because here's the deal, here's the deal, here's the deal. You know, like a lot of us, you know, we took geography and we're like, what, what's the point of this? Like, I'm never going to use this in my life. And maybe that's true, maybe it's not true. But most of us, if you, if you took college, you, if you went to college, you, you took like English class. And you all remember your English class? Remember what you did in English class? Does anybody by any chance? I actually remember I, I read the Malcolm X autobiography. Very interesting. And I, I don't really remember why we read it, but it was very interesting. And so... I remember being in English class, and, and see, here's the deal. I could get frustrated that I was in English class all over again because I had just taken four years of it, plus AP, 
uh, senior year of high school. And I'm like, why do I need to take another English class? But the point they were trying to make is this is a foundational class for wherever you're going next. So if you can master this prerequisite course, and if it all works out right, then maybe after English, you can move on to something like writing English. And then after writing English, you can move on to something like journalism. And then after journalism, you graduate with your degree, and then you go and work for CNN, because that's how it always works, right? Yeah, you get your degree, and you're going to go exactly into the field that you wanted to go into your whole life. Um, Same deal with music. You know, you start out with introduction to music. Then you learn music theory. Then you learn music composition. And before you know it, you've seen and heard all these different types of art through music. And now it comes out in the way that you produce music, and now you are a musician. But none of that would have ever happened had you not begun with the prerequisites. And so tonight, I'm going to talk about the prerequisites for marriage. Some of you might be a little bit tempted to get bored and be like, man, I already heard this stuff before. Some of you are going to be like, man, I'm already married. Give me something for the married people. This is for the married people. This is for the single people, the engaged people, the divorced people, the people who are so tired of hearing about relationships. This is all for you. So let's talk about the prerequisites for marriage. Um, What are they? What did your parents teach you? What do you believe about marriage? What do you have to have together before that wedding day? Like education. What, what level of education do you have to have before you get married? Let me hear. Masters. Masters is a prerequisite. Some of you are like, dang, man, I'm never going to get married. Um, masters, bachelors, high school diploma, GED. Is it okay if I drop out and never get a GED and get married? Is that okay? Is that a prerequisite? What's up? How about, um, some of you are like, I don't really care about all that stuff. Okay. Uh, what about your living situation? You know? What, what kind of a living situation is a must before you get married? Like, is it okay to have roommates? No, no? Okay. Really? Do you have to have your own house? Are you sure? Okay. All right. All right. What, huh? You can have a roommate? Some of y'all are like, no, you can have a roommate. All right, um, you say yes. All right, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, what else? Um, church attendance. But like how often? Every week? Every week. Like how many times per week though? Are we talking Tuesday and Sunday? Tuesday and Saturday? Is small group? Do you have to? Really? Is one time a month okay? What if, what if we stream online, though? So we're like, no, but I have the whole last month. Uh, what about money? Hey, ladies, how much money does he have to have before that wedding day? Say it again. Oh, Jesus paid it all. Yeah, y'all are clapping right now, ladies. What if he shows up and says, hey, I'm broke, but Jesus paid it all. Is this still okay? Or are we now putting prerequisites in place? I got one more, one more, one more. What about a job? What kind of job do you have to have? A, A stable job? A real job? A real job. What's a real job? 
For real, what's a real job? Is Uber a real job? No? But what about those of us who work Uber and that is our real job? Is two part-times okay or do I have to have a full-time with benefits? What's, it depends. Is it the man or is it the woman we're talking? Does the man have to have a job? You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm getting at? We're all over the place. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When it comes to prerequisites, all of us have been taught certain things. And I'm not saying that they're all ungodly or all unbiblical. But what I'm saying is I think sometimes when it comes to marriage, we really focus on the things that won't keep people married. Oh, I didn't even expect it to be that good. Um, what if tonight we focused on maybe the one thing that will keep you married? Maybe there's above all the other prerequisites out there and all the other requirements that you have on your Pinterest board for your wedding day and all that kind of stuff. Maybe there's one thing that stands above all of them. And here's what it is. You ready? It's going to probably not blow your mind because you've probably heard it before, but this is a prerequisite class, and I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Here's one of the prereqs for marriage. you got to have a love for God. Yeah. Some of you are like, dang it. So I, I kind of want to um, talk about this from a few different standpoints. Uh, because some of you, you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, so if I'm going to get married to somebody, I need to make sure they love God. And that's important. But what I also want to do is say, hey, before I step into this marriage thing, do I love God? Uh, or married people, you're already in this marriage thing. How is my love for God? Uh, I want to challenge the married people because it's a trend that I've seen over the years, not just here, but just in a lot of different places. I've seen so many people who before marriage, they're like, yes, Jesus, I love you. And it's like they do like 80 outreaches a week. They're at 30 church services a week. Uh, they're, they're, they're always praying for somebody in their dorm room or somebody at their workplace. And then the wedding day comes and then they disappear. So I just want to ask the married people in the room, how is your love for God? And I'm not asking how is your spouse's love for God. I'm asking, how is your love for God? And some of you might say, well, it's really good. Some of you might say, not so good. Some of you might say, I have no idea because I don't even know what it means to love God. Like, have you ever really thought about that? What does it, how do I love God? Like, do I hold my arms out and give him some invisible hug and say, I love you, God? Or do I make sure that I pray at least two, two hours a day? Any of y'all ever done that before? There's like three people. Maybe four or five. Maybe some of y'all really don't love God right now. Um, that was interesting. Uh, maybe, maybe I love God when I, when I feel those goosebumps when we're singing that song. You know what I'm talking about? Any of y'all ever felt the goosebumps before? Like, mm, I love you, God. I think there's a lot of people who say they love God. But when God looks at them, he would say, you don't love God. And Jesus showed us what it looks like when we really love God. Here's what he said in John 14, 23 through 24. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. 
we could just pause right there. All who love me will do what I say. So if you love God, you will obey God. When you love God, you will do what he says. My father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And so what Jesus, I, I came from maybe a different background than a lot of you. When I would have read this back in the day, I would have heard Jesus saying it like this. If you love me, then you better prove it by the way that you live your life. You better obey me or else. It's like he's holding this stick over our head and just going to smack us whenever we don't obey. But what Jesus is, he's not saying it that way. What he's saying is this. If you love me, here's what happens. You live a life that obeys me. You live a lifestyle that follows my lifestyle. But if you don't love me, you're not going to listen to me. You're not going to do what I say. You're not going to care about any of that because you're more about loving self or loving her or loving him or loving them more than you're about loving Jesus. So you can know if you love God based on the way that you live your life. So how should we live our lives? What kind of a lifestyle should we have that displays our love for Jesus? There's three different things I'm going to talk about tonight. Three different types of lifestyle choices or decisions or I don't lifestyle life I don't know what the right word is but there's there's three different ways that we live as a means of showing and expressing our love for God. So the first one is this. We have a lifestyle of belief. We have a lifestyle of belief. Um again, whenever Whenever it comes to showing God love, knowing that we really love God, like you hear Jesus say, here's the first and greatest commandment, love me with everything that you have. I think a lot of us immediately go to this concept where it's going to be like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray more. I'm going to read more. I'm going to go to more small groups. I'm going to do more outreaches. I'm going to tell more people about Jesus. And all of that is good, and we should do all those things. But before any of that, the greatest way and the greatest thing that God wants us to do is believe. Which seems kind of weird. Because all the other gods out there want you to work first. And then earn your salvation. Then earn your healing. Then earn your provision. God says, believe first. Here's what Jesus said in John 6, 29. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. And here's what I know in a room like this. The enemy has come after your belief. He has come after you believing in God for the forgiveness that he gave you when he hung on a cross and died and resurrected three days later. Because you really blew it this time. You really did something that you never thought that you would do. And so I don't really know if God can forgive me anymore. I don't really know if God is going to set me up for some future marriage or what. I don't, I don't really know if God is for me anymore because I really acted against him. Jesus said, you will love me. You will show me you love me by doing what I say. And this is the only work God wants you to do. Believe in him. Believe in the one he has sent. Some of you, you've been sick for so long and the enemy has come after your belief. He has come after your belief. He wants you to disobey God, to disown God, and to listen to all the other people out there who just say, you know what, maybe God isn't a healer anymore. 
Please find me where that is in the Bible. Somebody. I still can't find it. I've been looking all over the place. God is still the healer. Some of you, the enemy has come after your belief in God as the provider. So I heard a little more mmms on that one. Cars breaking down. Another tire went flat. Flood in your house. iPhone broke. God, where are you? No Wi-Fi tonight. The power went out. What are we going to do? Lord, you're my provider. What's up? Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Some of you have bought into the lie and you've stopped believing. Here's the lie you believe now. You're the provider. Because you're grown now. You're a young adult now. You work now. You graduated now. Or you're trying to graduate now and work while you graduate so that you can provide for these bills. Yeah, go ahead and work. Do that. I'm not saying let's all just kind of sit back and quit our jobs and see what God does to provide. No. Because really, if you believe something, you will act like you believe something. So I believe God will provide for me and I work for him believing that he's going to take care of every need that I have in my life. Some of you have stopped believing that God is head over heels about you. And God just kind of wants to manage you over there now. Some of you have stopped believing that God is deeply involved in every little detail of your life. Every little detail. Like your fingernails are growing right now. You know who's making those grow? God. That's a weird thing to say. It just kind of came to mind. Your heart's beating right now. You know who's making it beat? It's not you. You're not saying, okay, beat, beat again, beat, beat again. Your eyes have enough water in them so that they don't dry out and fall out of your eye socket. You know who's making that happen? God, your mind is thinking right now. You know who's causing those neurons and all that stuff to fire off right now? God, you're feeling something right now. You know who gave you the ability to feel? God, he is deeply involved. Some of you have stopped believing in God as the one who rescues you. I'm just, this is just how I am. This is just who I am. This is how I'm going to be. I'm going to be addicted like this. I'm just going to live my life like that. I'm just going to be stuck in this pit for the rest of my life. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Now, let's bring this back into the context of a relationship or a marriage. Imagine a marriage where one or both stops believing in God. Where's the hope? Where's the forgiveness? Where's the prayer? Where's us standing on promises? Where's our dreaming again? Where, where is God, you are the healer in the moment where one of us is deeply sick right now? Above all else, the only thing God wants you to do is believe in him. Believe. It's one of the things that's always attracted me to you, babe. And I told you this earlier. Will you marry me? I'm just kidding. But I'm serious. Um, 
I'll finish in a second. You... You, uh, you know how sinful I am. But you've always believed that God has my heart. You know, my, you know how much of a baby I act like sometimes. And uh, you've always believed that God is going to do great things in my life. You've, you've been backstabbed over and over again by lots of different people. I'm not even reading my paper. I just, it's hard to look at you. Um, But you still believe that God wants the best for them and you pray for them. <laughs> um, when when I was on the hospital bed and they thought I was going to die, you believed that he's still the healer. When I was trying to work to earn God's approval, you believed that I didn't need to do that, that he already loved me. And uh, you believe that God has more to life than just clocking in and clocking out. I've just always admired the way that you don't stop believing. You don't stop believing in Jesus. Um, lots of opportunities to give up, but you just don't stop. And I can tell you that the way you believe in Jesus is one of the reasons that our marriage is what it is today. And um, it's not because I'm awesome. It's... Uh, I'm just grateful for you. Thank you. You don't, well, you don't have to, but. Appreciate that. All right. I'm like snotting now. Thank you. Appreciate that. Can you give me like tissue? Thank you, babe. Uh, nobody look, I have snot coming out.
we go. If y'all want, if y'all want prayer after service, I got you. All right, so it's still coming. It's still coming. Appreciate that. Thank you, babe. All right, here we go. So first one, lifestyle of belief. All right, I'm cool. I'm cool. I never cry. Second one, lifestyle of repentance. Yeah, let's go. All right, so um, uh, we get it wrong when we think that the Christian life is about never messing up ever again. And if I don't mess up, then I succeed. But if I mess up, then I fail. Uh, Jesus knows how imperfect we are even when we're doing our best to be perfect. That's why he went to the cross. But at the same time, knowing our imperfections and being honest about our imperfections does not give license for us to live in our imperfections. That's why Jesus said this in Matthew 4, 17. One of the first things he started preaching from then on, Jesus began to preach. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent of your sins. Turn to God. Now, what does repentance mean? For those of you who haven't been around for a while or not really familiar with Christian slang or whatever you want to call it, um, repentance basically means you're, you're turning away from or you're thinking differently about. So let's pretend that sin is over here and God is over there. I'm living a life of sin. Jesus says, repent. I turn away from that and I start coming back to him. So uh, we're having sex before we're married. All right, feels good. But Jesus said it is not good. Therefore, I'm turning away and I'm coming back to him. Um, let's see. I live for the approval of people and that's just why I make my decisions. I'm turning away from that and now I'm saying, God, what do you want for my life? Uh, what else? What else? What other sins that we deal with out there? Jealousy. I'm just jealous because everybody out here has it made, but I don't. But you know what, God? I'm going to turn back to you because I know that you've got me taken care of. Another thing, uh, money. Like loving money, is that what we were referring to? Yeah, all right, so man, Luke, dude, dude, this, this money got me looking nice. You know what I'm saying? I got this car now. I got, I got that apartment now. I'm going to pretend that I actually own it. But, all right, you know, I'm going to repent of that. I'm going to come to God and realize that it's not worth gaining the world and losing my soul. I'd rather lose the world and gain my soul in the process. What are some of the other things that we deal with? Pride, idolatry, what else? Laziness. Oh, man. Oh, man, I just don't feel like getting up today. I don't feel like adulting today. I'm repenting right now, God, because I know that you've called me to do everything for your glory. So whether I eat, drink, work, rest, it is all for you today. Idolatry, man, I have made my life all about this thing or this person. It is all about them and pleasing them, but I can't live that way anymore. Now, God, it is all about pleasing you. What was another thing that, that we just said? Pride, yes. Oh, man, I am the junk. I'm awesome. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really not about me. You know, it's, it's, it's all about the Lord. But he blessed. No. <laughs> it's all about you, Jesus. And I'm grateful for the way that you've gifted me and given me talents and skills and abilities. But with everything I have, everything that I am, everything that I make, it all belongs to you. It's all about you. Let me decrease and you increase in my life. That's what repentance is. That's what repentance looks like. Um, 
So I'll share a little bit of an area personally where I've had to repent and how it has helped my marriage. Um, uh, I have lived a lot of my life living for the approval of people. Anybody else out there? You live for the approval of people. Okay, several of us in the room. So you don't speak up when you know you should, but you're afraid of how people are going to react towards you. Or you do speak up because you're afraid that if you don't speak up, then they're going to think something of you. Or you make decisions based on what people think rather than what you think. Or you just act differently than who you really are around other people because you want to be accepted by them. That's kind of how I have lived for a lot of my life. And while we were in Paris, it was like God was just exposing how deep this approval of people thing was in my life. And it was like, I don't know how to describe it. He just like began to speak to me about the things and, and why I am the way I am and kind of what has happened along the way and how living for the approval of people really has gotten me nowhere. But not only has it gotten me nowhere, it's gotten me to places that I never wanted to be to begin with. And so... Um, I made a choice, and God has helped me to live this way out, and I'm not perfect in it, but now I live a lot more for the approval of God rather than the approval of people. So sometimes now when I walk in a room, I don't act like I have it all together because you know what? I don't. And sometimes now, (laughs) oh, I love this one. On my social media posts, I don't just post my highlights, you know? Um, Like, look, we're in Paris again. Look, you know, dinner again look oh my gosh we're so in love like you ever seen those people maybe you are those people you're like always posting selfies with your boyfriend or your girlfriend but then you get to know the person who's always posting selfies with your boyfriend and you're like wow you guys really hate each other you know what i'm saying like um maybe not okay but um i would begin to post about some stuff that wasn't necessarily the highlight reel but maybe even the low light reel about how hey god's doing some stuff in me and i don't have it all together and Uh, I knew that it would get certain reactions from certain people, but I didn't really care. I really just wanted people to pray for me. And some people prayed for me, but some people started talking about me. You know how that goes, right? Okay. You know, they're like, okay, can you believe he posted that? You know, like, can you believe he must be going through something? You know, he, he must not have it all together. And my thought is, what do you expect? Did you expect me to have it all together? Because I'm a Christian? Because I'm a pastor? Because I have a... Do you really think that because I have this microphone, I have it all together? I don't. And if for one second I start acting like I have it all together, know that I'm trying to play you right now because I don't have it all together. I still need Jesus today. And you know what? Repentance feels so good. Because as I have no longer dedicated my life to living for the approval of people, now I can be myself and be the man that Amber thought she was marrying rather than the man that Amber married but then finds out he's acting like somebody else for all these other people out there and even hurting her in the process. I'm a better husband today than I've ever been in my entire marriage because of what Jesus has done as he has helped me to repent in life. If you can find somebody, single people, who is so willing to repent, that will set you up for a marriage like you could have never imagined. But if you find somebody who is so difficult to just accept that they are wrong, good luck. For real, good luck. Good luck. It's going to be difficult. 
Is that like a, <laughs> I, that's, that's, just repent, okay? Just repent. All right, so, so we got what? Belief, repentance, last, lifestyle of purpose. Yeah. Some of y'all ladies in here, you're like, okay, that man's got to find me, first of all. I ain't looking for him. He's got to DM me. He's got to follow me first. Maybe I'll make my <laughs> maybe I'll make my profile not private anymore so he can see me. <laughs> but he's got to find me, okay? And when he finds me, if he's looking to come after me, he better have a 5-year plan in place. Right? Right ladies? Right? Has anybody, let me just ask this question. Has anybody in here ever had a five-year plan before? Raise your hand if you have. Now, keep them up, keep them up. I just want to know, how did that work out? Did it, did it all go according to plan? For you it did, for nobody else it did. Let me just show you what the Bible says for all the ladies who think that a man needs to have a five-year plan in place. James 4, 13 through 16. Look here, look here, look here, look here, look here, look here. Ladies, look here. You who say today or tomorrow we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there for a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own plans and all such boasting is so go ahead with your five-year plans. Go ahead and boast about it all. <laughs> go ahead and boast about your five-year plans. Um, now, I'm not giving license for all of us to just go out tonight and just live directionless lives, okay? Before you get crazy with this. Because at the same time, that the Bible tells us, look, you may think you know what the future is going to look like. And, and I, I encourage you, make plans. But understand this, the Lord's purpose will prevail. We can order our steps, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Okay? I'm not against five-year plans. I just know that they don't always work out. And sometimes they don't work out for reasons that we don't even know or understand. So let's not have these really ridiculous expectations that sometimes aren't even biblical. Instead, let's do what the Bible says when it comes to purpose. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. So I may not know what five years from now looks like, but I know what tonight looks like. And I know that tomorrow I'm going back into the office and I know that, well, at least I think I know, but who knows? And then I know that also tomorrow is my son's first day of public school. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm planning to go to breakfast with him at 7.30 a.m. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the early wake-up time, but I am looking forward to being with him for the first day ever. Um, I, I don't know what five years from now looks like, but that is no excuse to just run wild. Here's what happens, guys. A lot of, again, I've seen it. A lot of us, we're like, okay, I'm, I'm single now. I got to get it together so that I can get married. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. 
I got to get it together. I got to have a vision, a plan, got to execute it so that I can get married. And that's our flaw. That's our problem. Because here's what happens. We have the vision. We start executing it. We get married. But we hit the finish line. So now, let's just run wild. No more divine guidance. So what happens is one year goes by, two years go by, have a kid, have a baby. We're in our first year of having a kid, and now we need a counselor because we're ready to divorce. Because we made all of our purpose in life for the sake of our marriage. Instead of saying, Jesus, will you give me some divine guidance? Will you lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake? Not for her to have my last name one day, but for us to lead people to the name above all names, for your name's sake. It's for you, Jesus. So I have divine guidance when I'm single, when I'm dating, courting, whatever you want to call it, when I'm engaged, when I'm married, when I'm 10 years later after marriage, when I'm 20 years after marriage, because God does not want us to live purposeless, directionless lives. God said he came to give us life and life to the fullest. He didn't say life to the fullest ends on your wedding day. He also didn't say life to the fullest starts on your wedding day. And some of y'all need to hear that again because you didn't catch it. I'm going to say it one more time if I can remember how I just said it. Life to the fullest does not begin on the wedding day either. Life to the fullest begins that moment you start following Jesus. That's what it's about. So what is your purpose? It's actually pretty simple, but we try to complicate it. Go into all the world. Tell people about Jesus. Show them what it's like to be in love with him. Lead them to him. Speak truth. Show love. You can do all these great things, but if you don't love, it's nothing. That's our great commission. That's our mission. That's our purpose. Some of you are like, but I'm not going on a mission trip anytime soon. Yes, you are. When you go back into your job tomorrow, that's your mission field. When you go home to that dorm room or that apartment that you're sharing with that roommate who's wiling out right now, that's your mission field. When you go home to your wife or to your husband, your mission field is there. When you go pick up your kids and Vic kids tonight, your mission field is there. When you spend time with your friends this weekend who don't know Jesus, that's your mission field. When you go back to school in just a few weeks, that's your mission field. They are your purpose. Jesus is the reason why behind them and that place being your purpose. Purpose does not come when you get that diploma. Purpose comes when you start following Jesus. And don't, do not ever put purpose on the back burner. Don't say, okay, you know what? Now that we're, it's another flaw we fall into. Okay, we're married now. We need to take a six-month break to really get to know each other. If you don't know each other by the time you're, you're there standing in front of each other on your wedding, I, I'm sorry. You were supposed to know each other a little bit before then. You can really get to know each other, and sometimes, actually I think maybe even all the time, you'll get to know each other even better when you're both living and walking in purpose together. You'll learn what's difficult. 
what's good, what's challenging, what's a strength, what's a weakness, how to pray, how not to speak, how to speak, when to speak, when to listen, how to be slow to anger, how to live in love. That's what happens when you live in purpose. So here's what I want to do right now. Um, I want to ask if all the leaders could come on up. And I just want to really just leave this time for anybody in the room. Yeah, you, like now you can come up if you want. Um, I just, there's no real like, hey, come up if you want prayer for this. But I'm just going to kind of review what we just heard. Because some of you might want prayer for these different areas of your life. Some of you might feel like, you know what? I want to walk and live in purpose, and I just want someone to pray for me and what God is calling me to, giving me some direction, hearing his voice. I would just love it if God would give me hope again because I've given up on hope. Some of you may say, you know what? I've lived a lifestyle of not repenting, and I really want to repent, but I feel like it's like the devil has me chained up, and it's just too difficult to repent. Others of you might say, I want to repent. I want to give my life to Jesus. I don't even know what that looks like or how that looks. Will you just talk to me about that and lead me in that? Some of you might say, you know what? I want to believe. It's, it's like that man who had the son. He, he brought him to Jesus and said, Jesus, will you heal my son? And Jesus said, do you believe? And the man said, I believe, but help my unbelief. So it's like, I believe a little, but I want to believe a lot. I believe kind of, but sometimes I kind of waver in this whole belief thing. So maybe one of these people can help you believe, can speak truth over you when it comes to healing, when it comes to hope, when it comes to future, when it comes to uh, provision, when it comes to uh, forgiveness issues or brokenness or dreams or whatever it may be. I don't know what you want prayer for, but I just know this. I know that all of us could use some prayer. Could we not? And I know that some of you might already feel, okay, well, if I'm, if I'm one of those who comes up, you know, I'm not going to look like I have it all together. Okay, you sit out there and you have it all together. The rest of us will realize that we know we don't have it all together. And I'm not saying that if you don't come up, you're full of pride. But what I do want to say, I just want to make this very clear, because I don't know if there's people in the room who deal with this like I used to and sometimes still do, but you feel like you're lesser if you need somebody to pray with you, or you're lesser if you have to come up while everybody else is watching, and you, you imagine in your head, okay, if I come down these aisles, all the eyes are going to be on me. Let me just tell you, they're not. All the eyes are not going to be on you. Maybe a few eyes will be on you. I'll just be real. A few people watch but it's not about them right now. It's about you and Jesus. For the married people in the room, it's about your marriage and your Jesus. For the dating people in the room, it's about God, what is your plan for our life? For the people who are like, man, it's just been friction. We're thinking about breaking up. We don't really know what's next. Maybe we need to put God first and just kind of go from there. That's what this moment is for. I don't know what you may want or need prayer for. I just know this. There are people in the room who would love prayer. And so the band is going to do this. The band is going to go into a song. And as they go into a song, what I want to ask is, if y'all could just go ahead and stand up. And yeah, you can go ahead and stand up now so, so that the people who want to come down the, uh, the rows can just scoot past you and it's not awkward and them falling on you and stuff like that. Uh, but just want to have this moment. Uh, after the people have started to come down, uh, you can sit if you want. If you want to stay out there, you can stand, raise your hands, worship. You can just kind of kneel, whatever you would like. 
but I just want this time to be a time for you and for Jesus and your brothers and your sisters praying with you in whatever area you may need right now. So as you want, as you feel led, come on down and let us pray with you.